All right. I think think we're ready. Great. Okay. Do you think that intro music went well last week? No, I don't. Really? That weird kind of song that you sung that I put a bunch of reverb on? Yeah. You didn't like that? I don't know. I I think it's kind of weird. Okay. So I should say intro music again. I don't know. I, I think I should put some. I think we you, should find you're some. You're ready to do something yeah. different. Yeah, I'm ready to find some music and put it in here. It has to be it has to be good. Like But that's the thing. If if it's if you try to find something like really cool and it's not that cool, then it's really lame. But if you do something kind of lame, not trying to be cool and it's really lame, then it's lame too. Uh, that's just that's that's a lot of levels of thinking of things that well i just think if you're gonna put a it's the very first thing that people hear they'll probably hear this (laughs) (laughs) why would they hear this we haven't started the podcast yet why don't you find some music it's just it's a lot of responsibility it's it's not something to be taken lightly i don't think so so we'll just do no music and with no you saying music. So you didn't like that. I mean, I, I thought it was cute, like the first. Okay. I mean, we're I'm on, not trying to be cute. We're on, we're on to episode four here. I mean, it's time to like. Right. It's, it's time to put on our big boy pants and have like a real podcast, not like a little cute podcast. Okay. Exactly. At the end of the day, I think we just need to give the listeners what they want. Yeah. So. I haven't gotten any feedback on any of that. I didn't. I got a lot of feedback that a lot of people really enjoyed the first 12 minutes of last week's podcast. Which was had nothing to do with Jonah. It was nothing. Just us talking about nothing. But even with that, nobody said anything about the intro music. So I th- maybe maybe people aren't, aren't as, um, they don't care as much about it as I do, so... With that said, you can you can pick something. I just want to make sure that the listeners know that you're in charge of the intro music, so whatever they hear, that's that's on you. I'm so confused with like what realm I'm in. <laughs> if yeah, this this the way that you're putting this podcast together is very confusing for me. I have just multiple dimensions going on. Let's just do one dimension this this time. Okay. Let's, we'll just do a singular dimension podcast. 1D. 1D. Also, I also don't want I don't want it to seem like I'm the one editing these. Mm. Okay. Uh right. That just seems really lame. So, you can talk about the editor. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Intro music. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Destiny Midweek, episode four. I'm Mark Bell. And here with me today, all the way from San Antonio, Texas, is Matt Bell. Matt, how are you? Doing fantastic. Having a great day. I've uh, enjoyed a uh, staff meeting this morning, a couple other meetings that we've had, had a good lunch, drinking some coffee right now, 
Looking forward to the men's meeting tonight at 6.30. Life is good. Great. I'm doing well, too. Thrilled to be here in the Destiny podcast studio. The Upper Room. Is that the official name of our studio? Also known as the library. Library. So, as you heard, we're calling this thing Destiny Midweek. It's getting, it's looking more and more like this is going to be our name. We didn't get any suggestions for a new name. Maybe they're coming around to the name Destiny Midweek. I don't know. So keep sending in your name suggestions. Maybe there's still one out there that that hasn't been unearthed yet. That's the perfect name for our podcast. I'm also I'm also warming up to the the name Destiny Midweek. So if if that's if that's where this ship lands, okay. I don't know if ships land, but when when we first started it, you really didn't like that name at all. But we had to have a name. So that's interesting. How your heart can change and, yes, and it's just very interesting. I mean, just four weeks. All right. Well, if yeah, so we're if a month new, old. Four weeks. That? We're oh, a month yeah. old. It's a great. Wow. That's awesome. Happy birthday to us. We made it. We made it a month. People said it couldn't be done. People doubted us. Why are you doing a podcast? Don't do it. It's not going to work. To all the haters out there, look at us now. And and I heard rumors that that they've already picked up season two. So, season two is going to blow your mind. So, if you're new to this podcast, what we do is we talk about what we talked about Sunday, but a little deeper. Some could say we dig into the word a little bit more. Yeah, I like that. I don't. I like to say that we dive into the word, go a little deeper. Um, and then what we really love to do is is take questions. People, they hear the message on Sunday. They have questions about the material that was covered. And this is a great chance for us just to talk a little bit more about that. So that's what this podcast is all about. It's for our Destiny Church folk. And we truly hope that they've been blessed by it. And personally, I've been getting great feedback on the podcast. I don't know about you. Yeah, I've received uh, good feedback again on Sunday, yesterday. So uh, people are listening, at least the ones that are coming and talking to me, and they've been blessed by it. And so thank you for listening. And we, we really hope that it is a blessing to you and to your life. And we're getting amazing reviews on iTunes as well. Or Apple. It's probably not called iTunes anymore. Apple Podcasts. I think we have five five-star reviews. Do we really? I think so. I haven't even seen that. I saw one from Mauricio, who works in our office. I'm, I'm glad he gave us a five-star review. Yeah, so he's the. I think he's the only one who's actually given us a written review, but we have, um. we have multiple reviews out there. And, you know, with the... I think with Apple's algorithm... It, the more reviews you have and the more stars you have, the, the further they place your podcast. So right now, if you search 
Destiny Midweek. Believe it or not, we are the first podcast that comes up. And it's all thanks to your five-star reviews. So keep that coming. Yeah, if you if you leave us a five-star review and write a review, we'll read it on the air. So I like that. I just pulled up Mauricio's. I really like that. He says that this podcast is in-depth and helpful. Great podcast to go along with the message from the previous Sunday. This helps to understand the details in Jonah that one might glance over in a general read-through of the book. Thank you, Mauricio, who's downstairs in the office right now. God bless you. That could be just our description of the podcast, pretty much. I mean, he, he nailed it. encapsulates what I tried to say we were doing, but he said it a lot better. We need to get Mauricio up here on a mic. Okay. Expand this circle of commentary. All right, so... Get a youngster's perspective. POV. Yeah. Not these old bogeys like you and me. I agree. So... I was in a meeting the other day mm-hmm. when someone was saying that, like, we need to target young people at the church and... uh or young people that we need to target to try and bring them into the church. And I said, what, what's, what age range are you thinking? And they said 35 and under. And I was like, I'm, I'm not in, I'm not included in that anymore. Yeah. I'm not. You're I'm, old. I'm, I'm old. I'm an old guy. And so I went home and I stopped by HEB and mm-hmm. bought some just for men, mm. uh, hair dye. And I dyed my hair, and I also got some beard, beard uh, color. color, yeah, to cover up the gray in my beard. That's good. And so, so now you're hoping that you get those emails or whatever was decided in that meeting to target those 35 and unders. Yeah, just you know, wanting to stay relevant mm-hmm. to the youths of our generation. Anyway, I'm still in that group, thankfully. So how do you think things went yesterday? You had part four? Yeah, part four in Jonah. We got into chapter two. We went through all of chapter two. One of the things that's great about going through books of the Bible is that you, you don't skip over anything, that you pull out everything. And so now we're getting into chapter two. We went through all of chapter two. So we read through an entire chapter in the book of Jonah an entire chapter we studied of the Bible on Sunday. And I, I just love that about our church, that we can spend a whole week, a whole sermon, and go through a whole chapter in the Bible. I think that's something that's unique about our church is our love for the Word of God, that I don't just have to pull out a verse here and a verse there, that really we can even dive deep on Sunday morning and hopefully then dive deeper here. But yeah, I think it went well. I, I went long, longer than I was shooting for. And I just got really inspired while I was preaching. And, uh, you feel like you were getting good feedback from the crowd and maybe that was, you know, pumping you up to keep going. I feel like the church was, was into it at some points. And then at other points I could tell that, uh, conviction was setting in, which is good. We want people to be convicted. Of course. I I met someone new after church 
they're, they're a, a family in the church had brought them and, and she said she really enjoyed the sermon and that she felt like she was dodging rocks all sermon. And I, I think that she meant that I was like throwing rocks at her. Yeah. Her. Like it, it felt like she was being convicted. And I said, well, as long as if the, if you dodge them, as long as they hit the people behind you, then, then we're good. <laughs> she didn't laugh. I don't, I think they kind of laughed like you did there. Right. But yeah, I, th- I think it went well. And, um, uh, there's obviously so much in there that you never have time to get to, but felt like the Lord used it in people's lives, which is an amazing thing. Just amazing how God can take his word and breathe on it. And it comes alive for people. Speaking of which, you know, what, what do you think that, uh, what, what weren't you able to get to that you were hoping to get to? I mean, right now is a perfect platform. If you want to just expand, go a little deeper, maybe dive a little deeper, go for it. Yeah. So two things that I didn't get to that I probably should have, but it is what it is. The first is I didn't really have time to to talk about God's sovereignty again. And we had started talking about that last week. So there's six places that we see God's sovereignty in the passage that we were looking at yesterday. The first is that the Lord appointed the fish that came and swallowed Jonah this wasn't just some random fish swimming by that this was especially set apart by God and sent there on a mission that the fish was there ready for Jonah. The Lord appointed the fish. It's not random that God is sovereign over that. The second is when Jonah prays, he calls out to the Lord. He says that God answered me and God heard my voice. That's chapter two, verse two. That's God acting in this story. The second, or the third rather, is in chapter two, verse three, he says that you, speaking of the Lord, you cast me into the sea. Well, when we read chapter one, we see that it's not the Lord who cast Jonah into the sea, it's the sailors. But yet Jonah can see past all of that, that it's actually God who is setting these things in order. And so Jonah says that, God, you're the one who cast me into the sea. In chapter two, verse six, he says that you brought my life up from the pit. In two, nine, Jonah says that salvation belongs to the Lord, that it's only the Lord who saves. It's only from God that salvation comes. There's no other way to be saved except unless God saves us himself. And then in verse 10 of chapter two, It says the Lord spoke to the fish and it vomited Jonah out on dry land. And so in those six places in that short little chapter, God is the one who's moving the story forward. God is the one that's orchestrating the events. God is the one that's putting things in place. God is the one that's driving the narrative. So that's God's sovereignty at work. And we talked about that in episode two with God being with us, not just at the end of the storm, but during the storm. And so it's cool to see Jonah realizing that Yeah, in this prayer. Yeah. Yeah. In this prayer, this is Jonah really waking up to everything that's been going on. The second thing that I left out was that God taught Jonah an important lesson in the fish. Jonah's disagreement with God in chapter one 
was over God's justice. Jonah thought that the Ninevites deserved to receive God's judgment, and Jonah was afraid that God instead was going to give them grace. And and Jonah looked at the Ninevites. He said, these are horrible people. God, if you send me to them and I preach and they repent, I, I don't want them to receive forgiveness. I want them to receive judgment. Yet in the fish, we see this in Jonah's prayer, Jonah realizes the value, the importance of God's better justice, that God's justice is better than Jonah's view of justice when Jonah receives grace. So when Jonah receives grace, he begins to realize that God's way is better. So by Jonah's own standards, he knew that he deserved to die and to drown for his rebellion. And he was taught that his own purposeful rebellion, as well as the Nineveh's ignorant rebellion, both required God's grace and intervention. And so that's why he ends his prayer by saying that salvation belongs to the Lord. Basically, God can save whoever he wants to save, even people that we might not think deserve it or should receive his grace, that God is willing uh, to save anyone who will call out to him in repentance. That's awesome. Something else I see in this prayer is, you know, he may not, he may or may not have really felt like praying at the time. Sometimes when I'm going through stuff, I just don't feel like praying sometimes, but usually by the end of my prayer, my heart has aligned with God's heart. And, you know, I can kind of make that declaration that Jonah makes at the end of this prayer that salvation belongs to the Lord. And so I just want to encourage you, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing, you may not feel like calling out to God, um, but he's there. He's there for you. He wants that communication with you, even if it's, you know, just asking him why or questioning what he's doing. Just having that open line of communication allows him to speak to you and align your heart with his. That's really good. All right. Well, we, we actually have quite a bit of questions that came in that I'm super excited about. Awesome. So I think I need to address something before we go on to the questions. Last week, if you remember, we got a we got a question from Rich M that we really didn't understand. We we thought maybe it was an attempt at a joke and, and we just didn't get it. I didn't get it. So I, I realized later on that a group of whales is called a pod. Okay. And so when you reread this it, it is actually a joke. I think it is a joke, and I think it's funny. Because a group of whales is a pod. Yes. Okay. So he says, is it true that when whales hang out together, that their favorite pastime is listening to podcasts? Got it. Right. So, so we just don't know enough about whales. Right. And fish. So I just wanted to put that out there to encourage this rich M to keep doing what you're doing. You didn't miss the mark last week. It was indeed a great question. So speaking of rich M, he, he happened to submit another question awesome. this week. Awesome. And he says, 
I didn't hear the message Sunday, but I trust that it was amazing. Mm, it was. Question. Is it true that Jonah was originally named Joe, but God changed his name after he told him to go to Nineveh, and Joe said, Nah, I'm good, God. So he became Joe, nah. That's what I heard from my sources. Please confirm or deny. You know, when you read in the original Hebrew, Mm -hmm. what you find out is that Jonah's name in the Hebrew is actually Jonah. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's not Joe. No, it's not Joe. Nah, it's not Joe. Nah. But that that was... uh, That was pretty good. That was good. That was better than the pod. At least we understood it. We got it. All right. We need like a sound effect for the punchline. Okay. Well, I'll talk to the editor. Yeah, talk to the editor. See if he can do something about that. All right, so we we got some more questions here. Next one is, why do you think it took Jonah three days to finally reach out to God? What do you see is the significance in him waiting for the third day before he cried out to God? I know it holds reference to the New Testament when Christ is compared to this scenario about his death and burial into the earth. So I guess first off, why do you think it took Jonah three days to finally reach out to God? Well, you know, there's, there's a couple different ways to read the prayer that Jonah prays. And the way I, I read it and the way that I see it, and by what I mean by a couple different ways is as far as interpreting the timeline. And the way I see it is that Jonah is thrown overboard. He's sinking. And while he's sinking into the deep, he cries out to God for salvation. Then God appoints the fish and it rescues him. And Jonah's prayer inside the fish is him recounting, calling out to God in thankfulness and gratitude that God saved him. So the majority of the prayer is Jonah remembering that he had called out to God and that God had saved him. And now he's praising God as he remembers this salvation. And then when it gets to verse 9, He says, I'm going to make good on the vow that I've made unto you. And I have to assume that the vow he's talking about is that he's going to be a prophet, that he is going to fulfill the the calling on his life and that he is going to go to Nineveh. So from from the way I'm reading it, and I I think that this is the, the right way to read it, it didn't take Jonah three days to call out to God. Jonah actually called out to God before the fish saved him and then from inside the fish he's recalling the salvation and he's thanking the lord for it and three days later the fish spits him out on dry land so the second part of his question kind of leads into another question that we got which is how many days and nights was jesus in the grave now you might hear that question and think well what does that uh have to do with jonah uh, but in Matthew chapter 12, verse 40, um, let's, let's start in verse 39. Matthew chapter 12, verse 39, Jesus replies, a wicked and adulterous generation demands a sign, but none will be given it 
No sign will be given it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. So there is a little bit of a debate within Christianity. A little debate? Yeah, a little debate on when Jesus actually died. Did he die on a Thursday or a Friday? Church tradition has it that he died on a Friday, and we get that from the Roman Catholic Church. And so with everything that we get from the Roman Catholic Church, we probably ought to look into a little bit deeper. And when you do, there's actually really good evidence for the fact that Jesus probably died on a Thursday. Wow. And so... I don't know what to think about that. Well, Jesus says he'll be in the grave three days and three nights. So obviously Friday night, Saturday night, and he rises on Sunday. That's not. That would be two nights. Yeah, that'd be two nights. And so Jesus said it was three nights. And if, if you, I, we can link to, I'll link to an article in the show notes where you can read a little bit deeper. Uh, but the when you examine the scripture, and you understand how the Passover worked and how the Sabbaths worked, uh, you can actually see where it's very possible and probable that Jesus probably died on a Thursday and not a Friday. I think this is, this is breaking news. It's not breaking news. This is old news. It is old news, but I'm I'm just not sure how our listeners are going to receive this. Well, the important thing is not when he died, the day he died. The important thing is the day he rose. And that's the day that they are explicit about in the Gospels, that he rose on the first day of the week on Sunday morning. And if they were really concerned about us knowing the day he died, they would have included that for us. And so it's really not a huge deal. The important thing is that we remember his death and Jesus taught us to do that when we take communion. And so we never celebrate his death on his actual death day. We never celebrate his birthday on his actual birthday, but it is very important that we do remember those things. And Jesus wanted us to be doing it a lot more. He wanted us to be remembering his death a lot more than just once a year. And so many churches do it every time they come together. We do that once a month at Destiny. All right. So we may or may not be having a good Thursday service in 2020. Stay tuned. Another question is what kind of fish was it that ate Jonah? We don't know. It just says a great fish, a huge fish, a big fish, a giant fish. Uh, It could have been a whale. It could be something that's now extinct. We simply don't know. It could have been something that was the first and only of its kind. It could have been something that God made and created, especially for this, with maybe like Jonah had a first-class spa treatment in there. Could have. You know, you just you just don't know. But it it's it's not the important fact. the The important part and the part that 
the writer puts the emphasis on is Jonah's transformation inside of the fish. And really, Jonah, in many ways, is resurrected. He, he comes out a new man. He comes out transformed, ready to do God's will when he went in and he wasn't before. And so when Jesus points back to and says, it's going to be the sign of Jonah, just as Jonah came out new and transformed, so Jesus risen from the dead is in his glorified body and is also transformed. And like you were saying with God's sovereignty, it's important to note that this fish was appointed by God. It wasn't just randomly swimming around and saw this prophet sinking to the bottom of the ocean and thought like he looked like a good lunch. The fish had a purpose and that purpose was given to him by God. So yesterday morning you, you talked real briefly about giving. Mm -hmm. And so someone sent in a question. He said in your sermon, you talked about giving, giving to the local church, giving to ministries, giving to world missions. I wanted your take on giving. Does God not say, though, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver? So how do you address those whom you tell to do it, to give, and they do it, but not out of a cheerful heart? If you didn't hear the sermon yesterday, you're probably sitting there wondering, why in the world was he talking about giving in a message about Jonah sinking? But what I was talking about yesterday was that anytime we hear the word of God or read in God's word where it instructs us as believers to do something and we refuse to do it, we don't put it into practice in our lives that we are like Jonah running from God. And we are like Jonah heading into a storm if we disobey God and his word. And so I was talking about different areas of our lives where a lot of times Christians hear God's word and see it's very clear and giving is one of those where it instructs Christians to be giving in a certain way. And many Christians unfortunately run from God in that way when they don't put it into practice in their lives. And so his question is, what about people who, what was his question? How do you address those that give, but really don't do it with a cheerful heart? Well, this, this passage that, that he's quoting is from second Corinthians chapter nine. And Paul is admonishing this church to give. And so part of the way you address it is you encourage them to give. And Paul's saying, give cheerfully. And so for those who give, who aren't cheerful in their giving, I do what the apostle Paul did. I say, give cheerfully, work on your heart change your attitude. Don't be a sourpuss. Give unto the Lord out of thanksgiving for what he's given unto you. Know that it is more blessed to give than to receive. A lot of times we do have to let the Holy Spirit work in our hearts and in our lives. I don't think that's an excuse to say, well, I'm not cheerful about it today, so I'm not going to give. I think that's moving in the wrong direction. Right. I think it's keep giving and continue to ask the Lord to work on your heart if you're not able to give cheerfully. And 
if you're not able to give cheerfully, you need the, you need the Holy Spirit to work in your heart. That's, that's a sign of immaturity as a Christian that we should always be wanting to give more and more and more that Lord, give me more so I can give more that, that wanting to hold on to is, is that's not the heart of God. The heart of God is to give and to give and to give and to give and to give even to the point where it costs you something dearly as we see Jesus give his own life in that way. So the Christian is, is should be looking to that as an example and wanting God's heart and God's character and God's nature to be produced in us so that we want to give more and more and more as much as we possibly can to God and to his kingdom. And we're not just talking about giving of your finances, but giving of your time, serving, just really whatever you do, do it with a cheerful heart, knowing that God can use that to further his kingdom. Right. I was talking about finances, but you could, you could talk about other things as well, that, that it should all be done with joy as we get to invest in other people in their lives. Well, great. Awesome questions. Thank you for submitting these questions. Is there anything else you want to touch on before we wrap this thing up? Another fantastic episode. Yeah, I just want to say thanks to everyone who's who's been listening and sending in questions. Uh, we're really enjoying this, and I hope that you are too. Uh, looking forward to next week in Jonah chapter 3, where Jonah goes and he preaches. He actually preaches the shortest sermon in the whole Bible. It's only five words in the original Hebrew language. And we see that he's still has some work that needs to be done in his heart and his attitude. Uh, but we're going to look at Jonah three and the great revival that happens in Nineveh. So I'd encourage you to look forward to being here on Sunday to read Jonah chapter three. If you're not in a community group man, jump in a community group where they're discussing this stuff and they're even diving deeper and they're praying for one another. And I know that it will be a great blessing in your life. Awesome. Well, that's it for destiny midweek. Have a blessed week. And we look forward to seeing you Sunday.